Well, good morning, everybody, and I uh, hope everybody is doing well today and excited as we have had some beautiful days uh, uh, lately with lots of sunshine, and I know especially the Brits love their sunshine. Well, as you can see, I've found myself in a little bit different of a location today. Where could I be? So um, this could be anywhere in America, in the Southwest actually, it could be Arizona, it could be New Mexico. In actual fact, we even have parts of Texas that look like this. But the reason my choosing for this background today was strategic, because I have a message I am bringing you today to talk about, are you a seasoned or a novice traveler. Now this is an area where I feel that I have great amount of experience to share and probably lots of stories, but then I know plenty of you who would be able to do the same. But today we're gonna to talk about some specific things to do with traveling and I am so looking forward to what I really feel like God's laid on my heart today to talk about our journey, our transitions of this journey and what some of that could look like. So I'm getting ready to get into the heart of this message so I want you to really think now as you look at my background think about lately uh, and this this would probably have to be last year, maybe earlier this year, because we all know that with uh, the situation that we're in, there's not been a lot of traveling going on, at least physically, but there has been traveling going on. But I want you to think back just for a minute or two, when was the last time a trip, uh, about a trip that you took and where was it? And I just want you, maybe even in the chat, just pop in the chat there, where was this place that you went to and was it a holiday or was it a business trip? And just take a minute or two and pop that in to the chat so that uh, we can interact there and see how many of you have taken a trip recently. And then I want you to listen carefully as I begin to talk today about what journey we are on and how that it affects our journey depending on what we have ready for this journey. So when we talk about uh, journey, I'm just gonna talk about a few practical uh, things about a journey. Now I want you to think about what are the real characteristics of travelers? Now, uh, I have a little small list here that I've written down about what would be some characteristics of people who travel. Well, number one, it would be uh, navigation uh, because um, we want to know where we're going and how we're going to get there. So I would say that if you're a traveler, that would be one of the number one things that you would want to have. And it would be a great characteristic uh, of someone who travels. Now, this looks in many different ways and we will we might talk a little bit later about that but you know there are obviously different ways that you can use navigation and how to travel the other thing i would think of when i talk about a characteristic of a traveler would be budget we all know that when we get ready to make a trip or go somewhere the bottom line is that we want to make sure do we have enough money to make this trip do we have enough money 
uh, if we need to buy tickets uh, for travel? Do we have enough money for food uh, when we get there and for what we're going to do? And of course, uh, a budget will also depend on what kind of trip are you making and what do you expect to do uh, on this trip? The next thing would be as you begin to prepare is your packing. Now, you know, I find this one quite interesting because uh, when it comes to packing, obviously some of the things that uh, people do is uh, they love to pack at last minute. Now, surely some of you, this will come to your mind and you'll say, yep, that's me. Or there might be others of you that would say, oh, I know who that definitely applies to. Um, and uh, so you might be the person who week uh, before, 10 days before you're going to go away, you've already packed your bag and it's ready to go because you're so eager to get there. Now, for a seasoned traveler, a characteristic would probably be not to pack until the night before. Now, um, this is quite something uh, typical of me, but I have a reason for why I like to do that. Number one, when I begin to pack, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to get my suitcase. As soon as I latch it, I want it at the door. I want it to be ready for me to get out and go. But um, that's just something of my preference. Uh, some people love just making sure they have it all ready and they don't want to forget anything, which is obviously fine um, as well. Uh, the, the cool thing is now you can even buy um, these uh, tablets where you can actually pull a sheet off and tick off all the boxes of everything that you should have ready to go in your suitcase. But a traveler who is used to traveling knows some of the basics that should go in first. And of course, again, this is priority, is it? Because for some people, it depends on who you are of what will go in first. And uh, if you're married, you might find yourself uh, in a situation to where that you end up packing for the both of you, which is often what happens to me. Not because Paul is not a seasoned traveler, but typically because um, he always says that he doesn't know how to pack well. And because I've done it a lot, he loves for me to do uh, the actual packing of it. Um, another thing is, is your trip going to be guided or is it going to be self-guided? And so this would depend on, do you like to be someone who goes on tours and you like someone to guide you around? Or are you the person who just loves to show up and whatever you come across, that's what you decide to do. And you would prefer to do that on your own. Now, me personally, I definitely am not a big fan of guided tours. I often find that it gets boring because I hear a lot of things I'm not really interested in knowing. And that's not to say that I don't like the history of a place and I don't like hearing. I mean, obviously, there are some interesting things to learn. So it would depend on what that is. But as a rule to spend my whole holiday on a guided tour with someone. Uh, now, we did that when we went to Israel. But of course, we felt like it was very important. We were taking a large group and we wanted to make sure we learned a lot about the area. So I know um, our team really appreciated that. I certainly appreciated that. I had never been to Israel, so I, I wouldn't have known how to guide people around. But in situations like that, obviously, it's much different. So guided or self-guided. Another thing is uh, planned or spontaneous. Is it something that you're going to have every day planned out? You know exactly what you're going to do. Or is it going to be a place 
that you're going to go. And like I said, you're just going to wake up when you wake up and you're just going to find what you can find and, and show up to wherever it is. And then is it going to be a short trip? Is it going to be a long trip? You know, is it going to be a three-day trip? Is it going to be a five-day trip? Is it going to be a week-long seven-day trip? What kind of a trip is it? And these are just a few characteristics that I have written down uh, about travelers. Now, um, and, and I would say one final big one that for me um, and Paul, when we travel, one of the big things that we love doing is going somewhere different. Now, this is quite a discussion probably amongst a lot of people because I know, um, and I'm not just going to say, you know, Brits, because I know the Americans tend to do the same. People like to find the place where they love to just keep going back to. It's safe. It's comfortable. They know what to expect. And they're just not bothered about going to different places and seeing something new. They just want to go to the same place they always go to and know exactly what they're going to get to do. Um, Paul and I find this quite boring, and so we are always on the lookout for where can we go next of a place we haven't been, which is a way that we have seen a lot of things here, even in England, that a lot of people haven't seen because we've tried to go and visit places that we've never been before. Now, um, all of this, you say, oh, what's this got to do with a preach? What's this got to do with my Christian life? Well, actually, it has a lot to do with our Christian life. So the first thing is when you take a trip, life itself um, is full of changes, transitions, roadblocks, uh, different things of what you're going to have to do on the trip. And when you, on, on your journey of life and on a trip that you might be making, this is going to be the same. It's going to be that possibly some things might happen and you never know um, if you're going to come up against a roadblock, if you're going to come up against uh, something that's going to have changed. Uh, you know, for example, uh, when we were in Israel, we had to take uh, a different route one day. We had to change our route around because the tour guide told us that because of some danger, we had to do things differently. Now, for some people, this is like a life changing crisis. It's, it's you know, no, 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 we're not supposed to do this today. We're supposed to go here today. And, you know, a seasoned traveler is someone who is just used to that. They, they know that when they get to certain places, things are going to happen. And so they're prepared uh, for that. Now, in life, we also have uh, the um, transitions. We have the roadblocks. We have the things that are going to happen to us. So I want to, first of all, give you a scripture verse that I'd like to read in Proverbs 16, uh, verse 9. And so um, the reason I chose this first scripture verse is because that I feel that what is important here is um, when we are on life's journey and on this trip that we're making, um, I want you to notice what this this the word says uh, about this. A man's Sorry, so 16, verse 9, and again, I'm reading out of the Life uh, uh, Amplified. A man's mind plans his way as he journeys through life. But the Lord, but the Lord, can you say that with me? But the Lord directs his steps and establishes them. 
So here we find that in the first part of this, it says that a man's mind plans his way as he journeys through life. So what does that tell me? First of all, what that tells me is that we plan what we are going to, how we're going to live, what kind of job we're going to get, who we plan on spending the rest of our life with, where we plan on spending the rest of our life. We make a lot of decisions as we plan to go through life. But then you know, life happens. Can you can you just say that with me? Then life happens. Now, I, I want to refer a bit to the pandemic, but I don't want to make a big uh, sort of detailed uh, talk about it because I'm not here to talk about COVID, but I am going to refer to it because I want to use it as an example. Um, so I'm not here to decide about whether or not it, you know, it it really is as bad as it is, or it's not as bad as it is. I, I'm not interested in that right now. What I am interested in is talking to you about what happened to people when suddenly we had a crisis that we had to face. And so, you know, we face crises uh, all the time in our life. We face things that suddenly will happen and we don't know how to handle them. But I would say that one of the biggest things about things like this is it when it affects the whole nation, when it becomes something that it really um, clearly affects everyone at the same time. So um, when we talk about what happened here, now I would be very interested, maybe even if you, you're willing, Pop into the chat. What's the first reaction? If you can go back to thinking, so I think this would be about mid-March. Think about what was the first thing that crossed your mind, how you felt when you learned from the government, it's immediate lockdown. You have to stay in your home and you can only come out for X, Y, Z certain things. Now, I want you to think about this, and you can certainly pop in the chat if you like, I felt like this, or I felt like that. Now, I don't want you to get involved in big conversations, but I think these are just good points that you can just drop in. Hey, this is the way I felt, and maybe use a feeling word of what you felt that time or that day, if you remember that hour when that announcement came. Now, for a seasoned traveler, I would say that things like this is... For me, um, so just to give you, again, a little bit of background, remember, I grew up on the mission field, and for those that don't know me, I grew up in Colombia, South America, and then I lived uh, in just about every country in Central America. I've lived in, I've been in Venezuela, I've been in other South American countries, and I've lived in Mexico. And um, so in every one of those situations, we have been in situations where we were in earthquakes. We have been in situations where we suddenly had the road blocked and we were the first one in the queue and they were blocking off the road and they were pushing cars over the cliffs all because a village didn't have water and they were just taking it out on us who were traveling through the town. Uh, I've lived through wars where we were having crusades and war going on around us and bombs and shootings and, and not knowing from one day to the next what was going to happen to you. Now, when you think about what I have grown up with, in my season of travel and my seasons of living through these types of things, my honest feeling was when we learned we were in lockdown, of course, we, we were sort of prepared, thinking that something might come along, but maybe we didn't know it was going to be that drastic and that quick. But for me and for 
Paul, who's also lived through quite a bit, having lived a lot in different countries. So uh, for me, it was just sort of, okay, now we've just got to prepare on how we're going to handle this. For some, this would have been life-changing. It would have been, oh my gosh, the world is coming to an end. What are we going to do? I can only imagine that there were lots of people who would have burst into tears, probably in a flood of tears, maybe people who were even angry, people who were walking and pacing the floors, wondering what was going to happen next. I can only imagine as even some of these, it's a few examples of what people might have been going through. Now, I'll tell you a few things about seasoned travelers. And when you think about what you went through when you heard that is, number one, a seasoned traveler understands that some trips are easy and some trips can be very difficult. And that is just because that you know that when you show up in the country, anything could happen. And uh, so when you are used to traveling, you get used to the fact that things just can go wrong and you may have to make a different plan. Another thing that seasoned travelers prepare for is some days you may be able to get a lot done. Some days it might be quite slow. So you may not get to do everything you plan to do. And this all depends a lot on the culture and the country where you are. You know, I, I'll just take you back a bit of just remembering when uh, I lived in Colombia, South America, and when we would go to pay the telephone bill. So you didn't have any such thing as being able to pay it online. You could not go to an office to pay it. You only had one way to pay, and that was to go to the office where they would take your money and you would queue up and you would pay. Now, we lived in a city of one million. So um, here is the absolute hilarious, but it wasn't hilarious back then, of what happened on that day. So we would get our bill and we would know that we were gonna have to take our money, cash, we could not take credit cards. There was no such thing as taking any kind of a check. You could only take cash. You had to take most of the times the exact cash because lots of times they wouldn't have any change to give you back. And what would happen is that you would get to the office of the part of the city which, which would correspond to you to pay and you would get in a queue. Now, I only had to do this one time. It, it was my, um, it was kind of, fell under kind of my remit that I would be the one that would pay the bill. And um, so when I went the first time and I saw what I went through, I knew the next time, right, that's not going to happen to me again. And so what happened was when I got there, uh, literally we were queued around the block and uh, down the street. It was terrible. So by the time I got in the queue, I had waited four hours to get to the window to be able to pay the bill. There was nothing I could do. I'll tell you how bad it was. Even vendors would walk up and down selling you lunch, selling you drinks, because they knew you were there for the day unless you had prepared and taken a lunch. And then I remember that one of the things that I experienced that day was I got to the window and what do you think happened? The window drops down and it said closed for lunch. 
Now, this is not an American or a Britain style lunch. This is a Latin American lunch, two hours long. Now, if you left, you lost your place in the queue. If you stayed there, then obviously you needed to be prepared because then you would be the first one up. And I'll tell you something else that was quite interesting about paying this bill is everyone in the city got their date to pay their bill on the same day. So this is why we had to put up with so many cues. So of course, the next time I learned, I needed to get out of bed really early and get there first thing so that I wouldn't be caught out and getting in a long queue. I share this because I want you to understand that some days are slow, some days are quick, but people would laugh when I would say, oh, well, what are you doing tomorrow? Oh, I'm going to pay the telephone bill. Oh, well, what else are you going to do? No, 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 you don't understand. Tomorrow I'll be paying the telephone bill because it would literally take all day. So you have to understand, excuse me, you have to understand that you go on a trip and things just happen. The other thing is you leave the familiar behind to try new things. Now, this is something about me that, you know, and and Paul, which we love about traveling together. And that is that we love trying new foods. We love getting out and tasting things and seeing what's there for the culture and what do they do? What do they eat? And, and how do they eat? But a lot of people don't. A lot of people want to go and find their own type of food. Now, I, I want you to know that I definitely don't understand this. I don't understand why you go to a place and you want everything to be the same as home. That's not really going away and experiencing culture and, and enjoying your holiday because we're trying to force people to be like we are. And, um, and so I think that when you think about these things, you think about life in general as well. Uh, some days you're going to get a lot done. Some days you may have a long list planned of what you're going to do. And then maybe it doesn't work out that way. Sometimes you think that you expect everything to be the way it normally is on a Tuesday or the way that normally it goes on a Friday or whatever. And then things don't go to plan. The reason I bring all of this up is because what happens is when things don't go to plan, what usually happens is that if we are not seasoned, if we are not prepared, then it throws us way off and we begin to despair and we begin to experience all kinds of anxiety and worry because suddenly we found ourselves in a territory that we don't know what to do because it is completely different. Now, when I talk about today, one of my main things that I want to discuss with you is how do you handle your transitions or changes, your junctions, your change points? I want to talk about one big thing that I really feel like that you need to have as a seasoned traveler if you're really going to make it through this life, and that is grit. Grit would be described as something that is perseverance or passion for your goals, especially for your long-term goals. And actually, people that are professionals will tell you that you really need grit before you even need a high IQ. And why is that? Because... Number one, we need this to have the determination that we need to be able to push ourselves through day by day and be able to face whatever comes before us. So um, some people might say, oh, I definitely don't have the grit. I definitely don't have the determination. Well, I want you to know that you can have it. You can develop it. 
And you can get used to understanding that it is for you. It is something that you can begin to develop within you and you should learn to develop it when within you. You need to also know this, that there is a fact about grit uh, slash determination. And that is nothing, say that with me, nothing can take it away from you. Not your background, not your situation that you're living. Nothing can take determination and grit away from you. You can definitely develop it and learn how to use it and not be a cop out of saying, oh, I don't have this. So that that doesn't apply to me. Some people love being the victim. Some people love just pushing off and, oh, yeah, well, it's not my fault and I can't help it. And this is the way I grew up. But, you know, the exciting thing about this is, okay, maybe you didn't grow up with grit and determination, but you can develop that. You can grow that within you. And I want you to understand that you really need grit and determination because, Every transition that you face, every change that you go through gives you the opportunity to establish new habits. It also gives you opportunity to make great choices. And you know what else that is so lovely about new transitions and every transition or change that you go through, it gives you the opportunity to connect and meet new people. Now, I am pretty sure all of these, you can see how that in your Christian life in the last few days or the last few weeks or even a couple of months, you can recognize that all of this has helped you to grow this. You see, grit is this. It is clear goals. It is determination in spite of other people's doubts. It is humility, knowing that things aren't easy. You need to tell yourself sometimes that things are not going to be easy and you need to learn to go through the difficult times. The other thing that grit teaches you is that it's flexibility. Grit means flexibility. It means that you tell yourself, hey, things may not always go to plan. I mean, I am a person who loves to be a perfectionist, but one thing I have learned in my life is that part of the perfectionism that I need to let go of and what I have learned to let go of is sometimes it just doesn't go the way Wynell wants it to go. And I have to understand that when I have flexibility, God wants to teach me something through that and I need to be willing to learn it. It also brings human connections Think about all the times and now in the last few weeks that people have keep saying over and over and over again, oh my gosh, I met my neighbors. Oh my gosh, I met the people across the road. I'm talking to people like I never spoke to before, even my own family. So we learn that it helps us to make human connections. We also learn that it, it helps us to accept help and stop equaling that to weakness. This is the one thing that sometimes can be re really seen as pride. When you say, oh, you know, I don't need your help. I don't like bothering people. In a sense, it could be you saying that really, you know, that gets you the attention that you're really looking for. Or you just really want people to think that you're trying to be humble. Sometimes I don't believe that really is about humility. Sometimes I think it's just you trying to show a bit of bravado. But what you don't recognize is sometimes you need to learn to ask for help. And you need to accept it and you need to understand that all of us at some point in our lives have to accept the help because 
You know, it's not a sign of weakness. It's just simply saying, hey, I can't do this by myself. I really need you to come alongside me. I know when I'm in a country and I'm on a trip and I need to get somewhere, I'm definitely not going to be stupid about it. In fact, when we went to Russia, Paul and I, we had an amazing time of a family that took us there. But one of the things is one of the days we were out on our own and we don't speak Russian and we were trying to get somewhere and we clearly had lost our way and we couldn't figure out how to get there. And I stopped at least nine or 10 people. And I think it was actually Paul who we were thinking, oh goodness, how are we going to get out of this mess? We don't speak the language. Here we are stuck. And oh, I should add, it was pouring down rain on top of that. And then suddenly Paul just said, I see a guy, I feel like I need to ask him. And he asked him and he spoke perfect English and he got us out of that mess. So remember, you need to learn to ask for help. You also need to learn to appreciate every step that you take. Every step that you are taking right now is a learning process. Quit trying to make it to quicken it. Quit trying to look forward and think, oh, I just want to hurry up for this to be over. Do you? Because maybe right now God has you here because there's things you need to learn. We need to learn that every step we take, I just read in Proverbs, every step that we take by the Lord is ordered by him. It's ordered. Our minds plan the trip, but he orders the steps. And one of the other big things about grit and determination is letting go of the past and embrace what is coming. You don't know what is coming. You don't know what the new norm will be. You don't know what God has planned for now for the future that is coming. So one of the things I want to encourage you to do is to recognize, please, that um, you need to tell yourself, Lord, what are you trying to teach me? Where am I at right now? What are some of the things that I can do to really grow through this season, Lord, that I don't end up just being stupid and not doing what I really need to be doing and quit asking, when am I going to come out of this? And instead be saying, Lord, show me, teach me. What am I trying to learn through this? How am I going to be different when I come out of this? What do I need to change so that when I come out of this on the other side, I will be a different person? I'm going to read another scripture, but I want to tell you something that I said I was going to tell you about, about GPS in the beginning. So, you know, lots of people today, they love relying on GPS. And this is what I think happens. People love relying on the modern technology of things. Now, I personally love GPS because I, at the best of times, get lost everywhere and anywhere. But uh, I will tell you, that's a, quite a frustration for my father because I could ring him anywhere and every prayer, anywhere he's ever been. If I ring him and I tell him where I'm at, he can tell me exactly how to get to where I need to go and will even tell me every marker along the way. And how he does it, I don't know, but he has such a, a great mind for direction. But I will tell you this, he doesn't even use GPS. He just uses his senses and he, he knows how to use a compass, uh, but he, he also just uses his senses and relies on, you know, seeing and learning the surroundings when he's out traveling. And um, so uh, when you think about GPS and how that lots of people rely on that and it gets them where they need to go and it shows them the roads. But there is one thing about GPS that I will tell you is when you lose the signal, come on, you know, I'm not the only one. In fact, Paul and I, one day when we were at, uh, we had gone on holiday to Dartmoor, we were in the middle of the Dartmoor forest or park, whatever you refer to it as. And um, 
the GPS just stopped working and we couldn't figure out how to get out of there. And I said to Paul, this is where GPS clearly does not help you. And sometimes you just need to learn that you need a good old compass because you know what? A compass, uh, it still finds true north no matter what because it relies on the pull of gravity. But you know, the other big thing that I love about GPS that I just want to say quickly before I read the next scripture, there's something you could really learn about traveling and about the GPS when you do have it and it does work. When you are in a place and you take a wrong turn and you do have a good signal, you know, one thing you can love about GPS is it doesn't shout at you. It doesn't, you know, tell you you are such a fool. What were you thinking coming down this road? You're never going to get to where you need to go. There's one thing that GPS does that I wish in our own life we could learn how to do. I wonder if you figured it out. As soon as you make a wrong turn and you're trying to figure out how to get where you're going, what's the big letters that you see come up on that phone or that GPS? It is rerouting. That's got to be one of my favorite features about that because I know that if I've made a wrong turn, she or he is going to find a way to get me back to the right place. And this is why I think about God and his word. If we could see this as the rerouter to pull us back in line and get us on the right path, I I know this is probably the most different message I have ever preached, but it was something that God really gave me. And I actually debated for days about whether or not I really could share this and preach it. But I think the reason it is so key is because there's so many things about traveling that are so related to God and how he functions. And so um, I just want to read a scripture uh, to finish this up in Exodus 13, chapter uh, verse 21. And um, it says, the presence of the Lord was going before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way and a pillar of fire by night to give them light so that they could travel by day and by night. You see, he never withdrew that cloud. If you read that final scripture, nor the pillar of fire from going before the people, he kept it there constantly. Their GPS, their compass. He kept it there for them to be able to find their way. You see, when life gets difficult, sometimes God leads us in hard and difficult ways and different ways and not the easy way because he's doing a special work in us. How are we ever going to learn to lean on him if everything in our lives is so easy that we don't even need God? And how is, you know, when he led the children of Israel, the reason they were frustrated is because they wanted to know everything before it came along. But he didn't function that way. And the battles that we face is because God is trying to teach us so that we learn to rely on him and learn how to fight with him. You see, many of us think that when we get into the promised land, there's not going to be a fight, that there's not going to be a battle, that there's not going to be something that we have to go through. You're just going to have to face the fact that even after COVID, there will be other things come along. Are you ready for that? Or are you preparing until we get to heaven, until we get to our final destination to meet with the Lord Jesus Christ? 
You are always going to have things that you're going to have to experience and go through. I'm not here to sugarcoat it because I don't want you to think this is a load of old chocolates on along the way and that nothing is ever going to go wrong. Because we need to understand that we have to go through things to learn how to rely on him. And if you know that God has asked you to do something and you know that it's something he's trying to teach you, learn to not back down just because it gets hard. Get a hold of some grit. Get a hold of some determination and tell yourself that you are going to develop this. Because you see, there's one thing that Satan loves, and that is, I can't do it. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. It's not my fault. Um, you know, he will defeat you in everything that you do. Because you need to understand that when you're led of the Lord and trust in him, even when the bad comes along, even when there are things that you don't know what to do, trust him and give it to him and let him give you the answer back. You don't have to live in a constant struggle if you learn to continually lean on him. You can learn to have joy in the midst of destruction, joy in the midst of COVID. You see, if you're not joyful now, you won't be able to be joyful later because you need to learn to rejoice now. Not only in the, well, I think the, I think things are, are going great. I think we just need to learn now that we've pulled, been pulled aside. We've been pulled back to relearn some things. You know, quite a humorous thing as I wrap up today. We went, Paul and I went to McDonald's on Friday. We're not really big McDonald's people, but we like to go there sometimes for breakfast. We went through the drive-thru and we've been taking it the last couple of Fridays to go and sit um, on somewhere on a, a beachfront by the water and just watch it and sit there and have a chat and just enjoy our breakfast because that's usually the day that I take off. But why do we do this? Just to enjoy each other and to get out there and just in, to, you know, be able to enjoy and have a good time. But I want to say something funny. I had to go to the toilet on Friday, so I had to ask them if I could go in because I wasn't sure if we were allowed because you can always only go in for takeaway. And, you know, when I came out, I said to Paul, hey, I found something really great uh, that I can chalk up as something that is something I'm very grateful for since COVID. And that is toilets have never been so clean since all of this happened where people are taking such great care. I know that's a humorous thing to think about, but it's it matters to me. And I think if you think about it, there's a lot of things that are getting better in spite of the way that they look. Don't let people's negativity drag you down. And I want to just pray for you today. And I want you to know that you can trust in him, rely on him, let him speak into your life. Learn that you can become a seasoned traveler. And I hope that this practicality has taught you just a bit. Father, I thank you, Lord God, today for your word. I thank you, Lord, that we can learn along the way that things don't always go to plan. But I thank you, Lord God, that you have a plan and you do direct our steps. And Lord, as we learn to trust you, Lord, not only just to trust you and get by, but Lord, I pray that we would learn to have joy in the midst of it. Lord, that we would learn to be excited and understand that these are times where something great is being prepared and something magnificent that you're going to bring out of this, Lord. And I thank you that right in the midst of this, about the people that are giving their hearts to you, I thank you, Lord God, that in the midst of this, people are being healed. People's lives are being changed. People are being connected with, Lord, that are so different um, than, than before. Lord, people are receiving uh, things and food parcels and things in their home 
where they clearly have felt that they were all alone. I thank you, Lord, that these are only a few examples of the great things that you are doing. And Lord, we just ask that you just help us today. Lord, help those who don't know you just to cry out to you that you will come in and forgive them of their sins. And we thank you for this. And we just give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, God bless you. Have a great day. And I hope you have enjoyed this message.